Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Please be seated. I saw a funny uh, meme uh, this week, funny in one sense anyway, um, and it said, uh, who had dueling hurricanes in the Gulf on their 2020 bingo card, you know? It's a crazy, crazy uh, year that we are having, and uh, you know, and all this uncertainty and anxiety and fear and just the challenges of this year, I'm thankful that God's word remains the same and that we can rest in God's faithfulness. And I encourage you, um, before I get into my sermon today, I encourage you to really Take a look at your rule of life. What do you do throughout the week that grounds you? And to really, if you're not fully practicing those things, I encourage you to do so. Prayer, reading scripture, time of quietness, exercise, different things, whatever it is. Let that rule of life be a grounding place in your life throughout this year. You know, as we continue our journey through the book of Romans today, we enter into a new section of St. Paul's letter. The first 11 chapters are focused on the history and plan of God's redemption, the story of the mercies of God. As Deacon Kim said last week, mercy matters, and it sure does. The entirety of the book is on the graciousness of God. The first 11 chapters or how that grace plays out in our understanding of redemption. Some might say more of a theological approach. Way back in chapter 1 of Romans, beginning with creation and the sin, and then moving into a section on the story of Abraham and his calling, the problem of sin and death, and God's intervention of justification by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, our call to live by the Holy Spirit in his walk of sanctification and hope of the redemption of our Lord from Romans 8. And then finally, the expounding of God's mercy, especially as it pertains to the people of Israel in chapters 9, 10, and 11. That's where we've come from. So in our text today, chapter 12 of Romans and the following chapters, they go a different route. St. Paul begins to look at the grace of God and how it impacts our relationships with people within the church, with people outside the church, with the government and other structures of life. And so over the next few weeks, as we wrap up our journey in Romans, we're going to address what grace looks like in different relationships that we have. In our reading today, Paul begins with these words, I appeal To you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God. In other words, on account of all that has preceded this next part, in light of all that has been said in those first 11 chapters, all this theological buildup, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, there's a lot packed into this verse. So we're going to take a few minutes right here. 
And the first thing to note is that it is temple language, presenting a sacrifice. That's a temple act steeped in the Old Testament. Remember, St. Paul just spent the last three chapters with the question, what about Israel? He is staying in that context, but it's not any sacrifice. It's not a, a lamb. It's not a dove, as in the old, which was practiced in the Old Testament. This sacrifice, it's ourselves. It is Christians, believers of Jesus Christ. And we are to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, which in itself is an oxymoron, because a sacrifice is not alive. It's been sacrificed. It's dead. What Paul is doing here is that before we jump into how we are to share God's wonderful grace in our lives with others, we need to remember what our own perspective is, and that is being dead to ourselves. It's as if he's reflecting way back to Romans chapter 6, specifically Romans 6.11, where he wrote, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. It's back to our baptism, the sacrament of baptism. Again, from Romans chapter 6. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Not for ourselves, but for God. We are to think of ourselves as dead to ourselves and alive to Christ Jesus, presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice, born anew in Jesus Christ. And St. Paul says it another way in his letter to the Galatians in chapter 2. He wrote, I have been crucified with Christ, and I am no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, is St. Paul just making all this up on his own here? No. He gets this understanding from his master, Jesus. From the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew 16. You see, we are to offer ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. And we do this because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, which is why these very words are said in the Eucharistic prayer. Very pointedly in our right one prayer, where the celebrant says, And here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls, and bodies to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice unto thee. We'll say that again in just a few moments. By receiving communion, we accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ as a propitiation for our sins. And we also recognize that we join in that sacrifice ourselves, carrying our own cross so that we may live for God and not for ourselves. And that is our spiritual worship spiritual worship, or in the Greek it says our logikos worship. Our word logic comes from that Greek word. 
presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, is our sensible and logical and appropriate response to God in view of his self-giving mercy. The way we live our lives is the gratitude we offer to God in response to the grace that he has given to us in salvation. And it starts, that gratitude starts by not being conformed to this world. What is the world? The structures of the world, this age, this society, this culture, the systems of this world, the politics of this world. We are not to be formed by any of these things. Which is why we need to be so grounded in prayer and scriptures. As the Scottish minister William Barclay wrote, we are not to be like a chameleon which takes its color from its surroundings. Blending in. We are not to be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, changed by the transforming grace of Jesus Christ. As J.B. Phillips paraphrased this verse, writing, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within. We are to be molded by the Holy Spirit. We are to be shaped by the Holy Scriptures, renewed by the Spirit's illumination of the Word of God. And now that St. Paul has reminded us of our current state, our perspective of who we are, living sacrifices unto God, he begins to write about how we are to behave in this world. And that's the topic of the next few weeks. And he starts with how our posture is to be in the church specifically. He starts there, and he suggests something that is very important for all of us, as he reminds us that the church is not a popularity contest. It's not a contest of which ministry is the most important. It's not a contest of who gives the most or who looks the most well-dressed. St. Paul writes, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So because we are supposed to be dead to ourselves, people, living for God, being transformed by his spirit, we are to discover what gifts and talents God has given us so that we can serve each other in that gifting. In other words, we are to serve each other with our gifts. If it's prophecy, then bring guidance faithfully. If it's serving, and serve passionately. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's leading, then find a ministry to lead diligently. If it's giving compassion, then joyfully give comfort. Whatever it is, and St. Paul's list here is definitely not, not a full list. When everyone is focused on their role and how they can use it to help the church flourish, you know what happens? Gossip subsides. Animosity relinquishes. Selfish ambition dissipates. The church is a totally different place. People are volunteering all over the place and the church flourishes. So over these next few weeks, as we talk about how the grace of our Lord Jesus is to be lived out in the church and in our neighborhoods and so forth in our relationships with all kinds of people, Remember, it's really not about you. It's not about me. 
It's about Jesus Christ. Our lives are about our Lord and Savior. We are called to magnify him and love people by pointing the way to Jesus, the way of the cross. So let us go into the world this week, whether that is in person or online, and remember that we are living sacrifices to God, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs good news. The way we live our lives says the most about what we truly believe about Jesus and his kingdom. So let the light of Christ shine brightly, brightly in your life, more so than anything else. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us on beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.